1: Log Talk Radio
2: Real sports guy.
0: now, we guys, guys, the guys, You're all right now, People's Radio.
1: It's all a in your headphones. Allow me to
0: introduce.
2: The, the illustrious.
0: Sweet man. Who? Marcus the game changer. The seventh. Jackson. D. Will. The ill executive. He's like, he's like, shoot, nice we got the anger management issues. Phil T. The sports. P-A-C. This dude is coming at all angles. He's got, he's got all the covers. covered. Uh, there's not a whole lot about sports
1: in front of don't know. Can you dig it, dig it, sucker? Featuring
2: Ray.
0: Justin
1: Page Eric Hamlin r and fam is like I I blame it on Nintendo
0: (laughs) It's definitely a gin party around here Definitely a gin party don't bring any Kool-Aid. It don't get no better than this, baby. I want winners. You better
1: act like this. Pick it up a little bit. Okay? Get your chin up. Smile. Smile.
2: Anybody can
0: be beat Don't get no more real-er. All right. Welcome to the Real Sports Guys, the Real Guys Talk, Real Sports, RSG. We're the Gay Radio. I am your host, Marcus Game Changer, and one-third of the illustrious three-man Booth. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate your patience. Now, before we get into the proceedings this evening, allow me to introduce... The other two of the illustrious three-man boots. To my right, I got my man 100 grand. Field, T-Sports, PHD. What's happening, Captain?
1: What's
3: up, man? I'm holding you down, holding you down for D. Wills, was out tonight, ready to have an outstanding show.
0: Yeah, D. Wills is getting his D-weight on. You know, we got to reserve his minutes.
3: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got to watch his minutes. We got to his this in his place. In his place, we have a special, special guest who always brings it, brings the ruckus, brings the pain when he comes through. Extended RSVL. Gentlemen, gentlemen, <laughs>
2: gentlemen, gentlemen, glad to be Justin here. Justin Page is in the house. Me. You know, I, I could be anywhere in the world, but y'all chose me to be here with y'all, so I appreciate the, the opportunity, man. So uh, happy to be on. Feeling good, feeling great. Let's get it.
3: The ATL Stallion.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You so, just
1: beat the Heat last night. All right, <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't sir, want to get off track. C, <laughs> three C,
2: right? You predicted it. Three C, you
0: predicted it. I gotta give it to you. <laughs> it's a bad Eastern <laughs> Conference, but they still have three C nonetheless, right? You take.
2: <laughs> you got it, baby.
0: So I know the listeners out there wonder why we're spending so long on the intro. We're gonna keep it moving,
1: though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> This portion of the show
0: is the intro to let them know. This is where we give you a quick rundown of all the things we have in store for you all tonight. We have a slamming show, as we always do. you listen to The Real Sports Guys, which is brought to you by Resistance Digital Solutions. Make sure you hit up our man LR, Resistance Digital, to get all your digital needs met at a low, low price. LR, man, he gets it done. You know, make sure you check him out. He'll even do, uh, he'll even do home visits. He'll, he'll pop in on you. You know, so he'll make sure you got all your uh, equipment all your tech stuff in order, up to speed, upgraded, all that good stuff. Uh, first, we've got the Funky Editorial. You know, it's a new year. Happy New Year to you all. I know we're a couple of weeks late, but it is what it is. We're back, so, I mean, just chill and, and enjoy the ride. But we're back, and Happy New Year's 2014, and the, and the real sports guys are going to bring it. In the Funky Editorial, we want to talk about what do we see happening in the sports, what are some stories in the sports world that we see being uh, at the forefront of the news in 2014. Uh, after we have that um, conversation, which I think is going to be a real interesting conversation to see what each of us kind of has our eyes on going into 2014, we're going to talk about the NFL football, the Super Bowl is set. We're going to give you some reflections on the championship week. Uh, we're going to play a game of who you got. That's where me and the guys go through. I'll throw some matchups out. Each of the guys will give me who they got in each individual matchup. It's going to be a Super Bowl addition of who you got. Uh, we're going to talk about a few ideas that are being bounced around, in particular expanding the playoffs um, in the NFL, uh, adding a couple of teams, or one team or how many teams they're going to add. We're going to, we're going to talk about that a little bit, bounce that idea around, see how the RSG, the Renegades feel about that. We're going to get into some NBA talk, uh, talking about some trades, uh, talking about some different teams and where they are, talking about the Western Conference. My man Greg Oden came back. I, <laughs> he only played six minutes, but he put in work.
2: <laughs> um, and then we're
0: going to talk about Kevin Durant and his run at the MVP. He's on an a, a extreme, extreme hot streak right now. Um, seven straight 30-point games. Um, they got Portland tonight. So we're going to talk about the Western Conference and, and how it's up for grabs right now for the most part. Then we're going to hit you off with the dog of the week. So, you know, we got a, a heck of a show lined up for you all. We got Justin Page in the house. T.A. Dean's in his usual chair. It's going to be live. It's going to be crazy. So let's just jump right into it.
3: Fellas, Only one thing we need to say. Yes. 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 Shall we say it, y'all? Yes. Melvin, yes. Jimmy, yes. Coleman, yes. Ryan, yes. sit. Yes. Everybody want to get funky one more time. Yeah, want to get the
0: all right. Here we go, the funky editorial. This is with this edition of the funky editorial, the renegades are going to play Negro Domus, <laughs> Nostradamus' um, cousin from the south side. <laughs> <laughs> Nostradamus is more well-known. Negro Damas holds it down in the streets, though. So, um, so we're going to play Negro Damas and we're going to make some predictions for 2014. Um You know, every year there are some some stories that define the year. In 2013, you know, LeBron and the Heat getting their second title, Um, the uh, PED scandal in baseball with A-Rod being suspended for uh, 200-some games, Ryan Braun um, getting in major hot water, uh, getting suspended as well, lying the first time, getting caught up in his lie. So there are lots of great stories that we'll remember as we transition from 2014 to 2015, so we want to go ahead and talk about some of the things that we see on the horizon as potential great or impactful or rememberable stories from the year 2014. So I'm going to start out with my man, Justin. 2014,
2: what do you I like see it. happening? I'm battling leadoff. Right. I'm bad yeah. lead off. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the the story I foresee in the near in the near future come come this June, I think it's gonna be huge when when the Indiana Pacers probably take that next step and knock off the the King and his uh, and, and his royal heatles. Uh, I really think that uh, Indiana's got way too much for him this year, and we expect a threepeat out of uh, out of Miami as long as that big three is is constructed. We expect them to win. But this year, to be, to be quite frank, I just don't see the firepower. Uh, you know, you said D. Wade, he, you know, his knees look like they're about shot and they don't really have a big – I don't think Greg Oden's the answer against Hibbert. I really see uh, the, the uh, Miami Heat getting dethroned in the Eastern Conference this year, and that's going to be the big story that sticks out in my mind.
0: Okay. That is a big story. That's a very big story. Here's a question I got for you. If the Heat are dethroned, and your prediction is correct, as you prophesized. they get dethroned. Does LeBron stay, or does he leave?
2: Ooh, that's a loaded one. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a loaded question if I've ever seen one. If they lose, my prediction is we'll never see that Heat team together again. All three will opt mm. out. Dwyane Wade will stay. Chris Bosh will go his separate way. LeBron James will go his separate way. They got their two rings. Two out of four is not bad cut your losses, move on to the next one. LeBron's going to start dating the next best girl. D-Wade was the best girl three years ago. Now he's going to go to the next one.
0: And, and do you have a – so I'm going to keep pressing this crystal ball and see how much information I can get out of it. Um, <laughs> so who's the next best-looking girl? Who's the next le- best-looking girl in the room? I'm dodging the
2: question for a reason. I'm trying to give the people something to look forward to. You know, we got to see how a couple more things how a couple more things shake out. Let's not give everybody. You know, it's the first first segment of the show. Let's slow them down for a minute. Game changer. Okay, 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 okay. I feel
1: you. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> you got
0: to keep them waiting. Got to keep them one more. I dig it. I dig I it. Got some the magic eight ball you know, just hit me. Time. The magic eight <laughs> ball just hit me. This one's a little foggy. <laughs> All right, that, that's a that's a real bold prediction and I like that prediction. And we'll see how that plays out. We're going to mark that one down on the tape. All right, 5 minutes in. 5 minutes in. We got we got Justin Page with the uh Indiana Pacers prediction and LeBron and the Heat and the Heatles breaking up. We'll see how that rolls out. Uh PHD, my man. <clears throat> 2014. Now there was you were on point with some of your predictions in 2013. Um Let's see what you got for us in 2014.
3: Well, I had mentioned that the Miami Heat, um, I think in the preseason, I mentioned that I think they're going to win the championship, but they probably will get the second or third seed. Like, they will not be the top seed in the East. And, you know, it makes sense based on what they're doing this season in terms of resting players and dealing with injuries, experimenting with lineups. I see the Miami Heat, man, having uh, at least one eight-game winning streak and at least one ten-game winning streak uh, moving this point forward. And based on that, I think they're going to start showing why they are the champs. And so my prediction is they 3 peak. And we're going to see one of the top runs for a team being together for four years you know, a team losing in the in the play, in the finals. People call that a failure, but come on now, they lost in the finals and then won won three straight. Um I do agree with with Justin's forecast that they may break up after the season. Um I think that's a possibility regardless if they win or lose the championship. But my bold prediction is to contradict Justin and say that I think that the heat will go three P. Okay.
0: Chat long. Okay, so we got, so we got, we got. All right, we got feuding predictions here. All right, we got feuding predictions, and only fate, only fate, fellas, will truly decide which of you is gonna be right. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. I'm gonna give you guys my prediction. All right, I'm gonna give you guys my prediction. I'm gonna keep it basketball related. Um, I'm gonna say that the vaunted 2014 draft class. Is going to sorely disappoint. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's my, that's going to be for me. One of the big stories of this year is that everybody's talking about this lauded 2014 draft class. And really I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing the, uh, franchise change and talent that everybody is touted. Um, and I think a lot of teams are going to mortgage their future on some of these guys, and we're going to see some franchises um, ruined um, and stuck in NBA purgatory for an extended period of time because they're going to invest in some bad stock. Um, so that that that's where I'm going. And, and, and another side, another side uh, story that I think is going to be uh, fantastic to watch. Going uh, throughout 2014 is the um, implosion of, of Johnny Manville. Um, It's coming.
1: <laughs>
0: it's coming. First pro check. Boom.
1: <laughs> uh, Ryan,
0: I'm sticking to my Ryan Leaf 2.0 on that one, man. I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. So, yeah. So that that's, those are our predictions. Mark the tape. Those are our predictions for the coming year in sports. There will be a lot of other predictions that we'll make. You know, D. Wills is probably somewhere patting his back right now. He picked the Seahawks <laughs> and the Broncos. I did as well. But I'm sure he's patting himself on the back and bragging to somebody right now about how he got the Super Bowl right, which he has been doing for the last week. <laughs> as if he's the only one, though. You know what I'm saying? I got it right, too. I don't, I don't need to tell everybody, though.
3: <laughs>
1: right. I you was know, I, I I guessing, it. you
3: know what I'm saying? I sent you guys a text a few minutes before kickoff. All right, I need your picks. You know, I picked San Francisco and Denver. You picked Denver and Seattle, I believe. Uh yeah. Devon came with I'm going with my preseason pick.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Which she of exactly. crazy was Seattle and Denver.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and and that's how we are though. That's how the Renegades roll. Ooh, you got three to four guys on a given night who love being right. Um, and I don't even know how to calculate how much lo- I love being right is in the room tonight when we got Justin in the house because Justin loves being right. <laughs> I am, I am like, my, objective
2: as they come. I'm objective <laughs> as they come.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into talking about this NFL uh, championship week. This is a lot. This is a great week of football. um a bit dichotomous in that you had kind of the two kind of the two ends of the of the of the uh, pendulum so to speak of father down the pendulum. You had the two budding rivals in Kaepernick and Wilson matched up on one side and then you had the gray hair, the old school I guess not old school rivalry of Brady and Manning. Um which was just a beautiful thing. Uh it was great great theater a great way to really package up a weekend for the average fan, for the casual fan. Everybody knows Tom, baby. Everybody knows Peyton. You have the young guns uh, in the NFC who people are getting to know. Everybody loves Russell Wilson, and everybody feels some kind of way about Kaepernick. You know what I mean? It seems like, for whatever reason, and for me, I feel like mostly wrongly, people either love Kaepernick or they hate Kaepernick, and the hate I don't understand at this particular point. I think it's it's an image issue. But it's all right, he got beats. You know, he got the wireless Dre beats so he can hear what he wants. <laughs> you caught
2: that? You caught I'm that a, commercial to I'm start a, the game?
0: I'm a, yeah, I'm going to get me one of them commercials, man. I need a Dre beats commercial, man. <laughs> right. I need to be it wearing them. It was commercial. Out. They like, just showed Dr. Dre
3: walking so. to the arena or into the stadium. They just showed Dre walking in, and that was, that was the commercial. And, and my hey, man, man, man in the uh, Joe Buck just said, you know, beats by Dre, and that's it.
0: Right, live commercial. We just shot a live commercial, y'all. Right. <laughs> so I want to get into the Brady versus Manning dynamic. Now, last week on the show, me D. Wills um, and Larry uh, L. R. CEO of Resistance Digital Solutions, we really broke down. We also known as uh, Bookman or Mister Furley. <laughs> we 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 broke down the Brady versus Manning rivalry, and answer the question, is Manning the greatest quarterback of all time? Now, PhD wasn't in the house, and Justin wasn't in the house, so I want to give both of you guys an opportunity to answer that particular question. So I'm going to start with you, PhD. Um, Brady versus Manning, give me your impression of this rivalry over time, and then tell me, after beating Brady, or even before he beat Brady, Is Manning the greatest quarterback of all time in your book? And it will be your book. We may debate it, but it's your book at the end of the day. That's
3: right. So I I see this as a very enjoyable rivalry. I think it's one of the top rivalries within sports right now where you see Brady, Manning, regardless what team they're in, as long as they're playing at a high level. To me, it takes me back to the days of Joe Montana and Elway, or Steve Young and Aikman, it's, it's just great quarterback play, great matchup. it's one of those things where I'm not a big Patriot fan, I'm not a big Denver Bronco fan, but guess what? It was like it was Super Bowl Sunday at my house last week. You know, I had to get the wings ready, I had to have the game ready. You know, I made sure everything was set up so that I could be in front of the TV at 3 o'clock Eastern. And that had to do with those two quarterbacks. Now, do I think Manning is the best quarterback ever? I don't. I don't. I think he is one of the best to ever play, and that's no uh, that's no slight to say that he's one of the best to ever play, but he's not the best ever. To me, um, I do subscribe. As much as I hate it, I, su- I subscribe to the winning school um, in regards to quarterback play. So in my book, guys like Bradshaw, guys like – Joe Montana, um, they won, uh, especially a guy like Montana never lost in the Super Bowl. It's hard for me to put anybody in front of him. If I'm just looking at individual numbers, individual play, yeah, yeah. Maybe a guy like Manning, maybe a guy like Marino, um, certainly a guy like Elway would be, you know, in my top five easily.
0: Okay. And for you, it seems like you're boiled down to this.
2: You play to win the game.
0: That's right. That's right. Fairly simple. Fairly simple. I like your analysis, Justin. Where do you stand in the Brady Manning rivalry, and where do you stand as far as your view of Peyton Manning um, as potentially the greatest quarterback of all time? Well,
2: while well, I think Peyton should be brought up in the conversation, I don't know if he's the best. Uh, PhD mentioned some 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 bona fide Hall of Famers, some, some great quarterbacks in their time. The, the Montanas, the Elways of the world. So you can't really just give him all the accolades with just one Super Bowl. If he gets two, you know, we may start to talk about him just a little bit more because, like PhD said, it's all about winning. Tom Brady's won that. I didn't hear PhD mention him. I think he should be considered right up there with Montana, uh, right up there with Elway, and right up with those other guys. Uh, you know, I, I love watching. Them. I've loved watching the rivalry over the past decade or so, and, you know, my personal preference is Brady because he's the winner of the two. But, you know, Peyton, uh, they're they're still going. I think they both got a lot of football left in them, and I can't wait to watch. Fantastic. Yeah, you know,
0: I I had my opportunity to weigh in last week, and I said what I said. My basic argument is that, you know, Peyton can't be the best if he didn't dominate his own era. That's just me. And it's debatable whether or not he dominated his era. It has to be in question whether or not he's the greatest of all time. Winning matters. I'm with both of y'all on that. Winning matters. Winning means a ton to me. And fairly unfairly, that's how we judge quarterbacks. And you can't run from it. You can't say, well, his defense this, his defense that. Look, no, nope. quarterback gets a ton of more credit than they deserve and more blame than they deserve, and that's the game. And it works both ways. You, got to, you can't have it one way or the other. You've got to take it both ways. You can't give them a ton of credit. You know, you can't say, oh, he threw interceptions because so-and-so dropped the pass. Well, he might only he might only threw one touchdown if somebody hadn't made an amazing catch. It goes both ways. It's a team game, yes, but when it comes to the quarterback position, that's how we judge it, and we have to use it. We all got to be on the same page with our criteria, and we can't be picking and choosing when we go ride with a guy's positives and then ignore his negatives. So on the other side of this whole situation, We had the two young bucks, Wilson, Russell Wilson, uh, versus Colin Kaepernick. You know, Russell's got that clean cut, Tiger Woods before the uh, smashed up fire hydrant golf club (laughs) SUV incident. You know, Russell's Russell's clean, man. (laughs) Russell is clean, Um, and then you got Kaepernick, who for again for whatever reason, you know, it is what it is. We know what reason it is. I mean, the, the the mainstream media. Um, has uh, a few box very few bo- boxes to check for uh, African American athletes. Um and you either fit in a certain box or or they don't know really how to how to uh work with you. Um and they tried to put cap in the uh bad guy box for some reason. I don't again I don't understand, maybe it's a tats. But he hasn't really done anything. Um you know he wore a dolphin's cap for so what? You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, Colin Cowherd has a problem because he wins hat backwards. Okay, right. Uh Cool. <laughs> Let's just, you know what I mean? So this rivalry, uh, I'm going to start with you, Justin. Where do you see this rivalry going? Right now, Wilson seems to have a little bit of an edge, just a slight edge. Um, you know, Kaepernick got his team to the Super Bowl last year. Now it's Russell Wilson's turn. Uh
2: how do you see this uh, rivalry evolving over time? Well, well, let me let me preface this by saying I'm actually I'm actually appreciative of Mr. Cowherd and the and the hat to the back theory. If you really listen to the guy, he has a point, <laughs> and that point is hat to the back guy is going to cost you three picks in the fourth quarter, or, or I'm sorry, three turnovers in the fourth quarter of the game to get you to the Super Bowl. Hat to the back guy is going to going to you know get you one TD and two picks in the biggest game of his career. whereas. But actually, you know, that's Russell, the second biggest game of his career. Remember, he played
0: the Super Bowl last
2: year. Which he lost. So he's over two in these big games. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of but baited you into I'm that I'm just one. saying. That's what hat-to-the-back guy does for you. Tony Romo hat-to-the-back guy. <laughs> So you got to get a guy who's gonna wear his hat the right way and walk the right way, talk the right way, do the right things on and off the field, and put in that focus like Russell Wilson and those Seattle Seahawks did.
1: What? Now we're,
2: we're, we can't compare Cap and Wilson to me to the Brady and and Manny. We need to look at San Francisco against Seattle because both of these guys got got a uh, got a boatload of help. I mean, ne- neither one of these guys are, are saving the game here. They're kind of. You know, glorified game managers to some degree. Uh, uh, so while I think Russell Wilson now is the better quarterback, I think Cap's got just as much potential. But let's talk about San Francisco and Seattle as opposed to just the two quarterbacks.
0: Knock yourself out. All right,
3: <laughs> so I gotta ask you, Justin. So you say back to, hat to the back guy is bad. In this situation, Justin, who's your favorite basketball player? Oh, the the, the all... ultimate hat to the back guy. <laughs>
2: the ultimate hat to the back guy. We'll call him the do-rag guy. <laughs> I was going to say the original
0: hat to the back guy.
2: <laughs> the original, Allen Iverson. And guess what? Allen, Allen Anderson, Iverson, he's out of the league right now. He's out of the league right now. and he And he probably did not go out on his own terms and hat to the bad guy oftentimes does not go out on his own terms, i.e. T.O., i.e. Ocho Cinco, i.e. guys that change their name to Spanish numbers. I'm, tell- <laughs> I'm telling you, Colin, uh, Colin Cowher has a point with the hat-to-the-back thing, and, and, and I'll tell you what, Cap has time to turn that cap around, and I think he will. I think he's a smart enough okay. guy. I think he will. I just think it takes some maturing to do and, and, and even okay. to understand the concepts.
0: Okay, so you're not indicting him, though. You're not saying that he has to be uh, had to the bad guy forever. I dig it. Absolutely I dig not. it.
2: Guys, guys can change. Guys can mature. Look at Mike Vick. You know, guys can guys can come out of it. And I think he's going to start to see more success on the field. Not that he's not successful now, but he's going to win that that game to get to the Super Bowl. He's going to win the Super Bowl, and he's not going to going to uh, choke it away down the stretch like he did yesterday. Once he finds that maturity. Okay hi right, right. P.A.D.,
0: What's your assessment of the Wilson of the budding Wilson Kaepernick rivalry at this point?
3: Um, so I see it different. Let's say over the next ten years, what we saw on Saturday in in regards to uh, San Francisco and Seattle, um, we see the same dynamics we saw in terms of the storylines, in terms of the strengths of the teams and these two guys are the same quarterbacks, uh, or these two teams have the same quarterbacks. And let's not even say ten years. Let's say over the next five years this happens three times. To me, it's not about the quarterbacks in this situation. In the 3 o'clock game, it was about the quarterbacks in regards to Manning and Brady. With these guys, you know, Kaepernick and Wilson, it's more about their teams. It's more about the defenses of these teams. Even on offense, it's more about Marshawn Lynch than it is Wilson. So, to me, I think that we're trying to generate this conversation about these two quarterbacks and their unique talents. I think they can, you know, be Pro Bowl type of players for the rest of their career, you know, in most years. But, but I just don't see the same cachet.
0: Okay. And I, I agree with you guys. It's not on Brady and Manning's level at this point in time. But what I, I think we have to also bring that long-view perspective into the conversation. Remember, Brady was Russell Wilson to start out his career. He wasn't flinging the ball all over the field for the first five years in New England. That wasn't the protocol out there. He was a game manager. And, you know, he was that guy that people took in fantasy just because they couldn't find anybody else. He wasn't a numbers guy. He wasn't a number, numbers guy until that year he got Moss in them. And then, boom, you know, he started flinging the ball all over the yard. But Belichick, those early years, Peyton has always been a numbers dude, but those early years of this rivalry between Brady and uh, Manning, it was more Manning versus Belichick and Brady. Um, in particular, the only people who seemed to be able to slow down Peyton Manning, um, his kryptonite, uh, so to speak. Um, was kind of really where this rivalry started, and we also have to give a nod to the NFL for recognizing the uh, budding rivalry and and adding fuel to it, allowing these teams to play once a year, adjusting the framework of the NFL scheduling so that the Patriots and the Colts, and now the Patriots and the Broncos, could could play once a year. You know, Marino and, and Elway never met 15 times. You know what I'm saying? So this is this is a pretty rare occurrence, and I think. Over time, and again, as I preface the whole conversation, I say you've got two ends of the pendulum, a father-times pendulum. You've got one where it's just getting started, and then you've got another one that's on the other end where we've seen it mature and evolve. And so my thing is that I think when you really think about it, I think this has the, the potential to evolve into a, a Manning-Brady-type situation um, over time, of course. But right now, it's at those early stages. But, again, these are interdivision division teams, so they're going to play twice a year anyway. So you're going to get to see a lot of back and forth between these two guys. Um, and over time, as the weapons change and the pieces change of the team, and as they go and develop, this is a quarterback league. And if they, given the talent that both of these players have, they're going to move beyond the roles that they have right now as, as far as their teams go. They're not going to be game managers year six. And if they are, then there's a problem. You know, eventually – the the training wheels are going to come off, and they're going to let these guys start to be uh, a Roethlisberger, Breeze, Brady, Manning kind of guy, and start flinging the ball around once they start to really put the pieces in place around them offensively. But when you think about it, you know Corey Dillon was 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 really the one of the biggest pieces of that offense um, for those early Patriots Super Bowl teams um, with his running with that running game that they had. So this is a similar blueprint, a similar pass. Um, that both teams are embarking on. Um, but I think the NFL, if they can, is going to really try and invest and, and work and massage as much out of this, uh, this, this budding rivalry as they can. Um, moving on to another topic, when we're looking at, uh, this whole situation with Championship Week, you got the Richard Sherman situation, which was, for me, I don't know what people were upset about. It was pure entertainment. I was so entertained. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, it was pure comedy for me from the from the jump, you know, from the first question. You know, first off, you interview Richard Sherman, uh, who's a known talker. He's a known trash talker after he makes probably the biggest play of his life. All right? If he had a dream about it, there's probably one or two scenarios that he – he would have dream that had been slightly different about the situation. Maybe he picked it off in his dream, but that's about as close as you can get to seeing as a DB to play a major role in sending your team to the Super Bowl. They are who we thought the they end. were. Exactly. That's it. That's it right there. And so to get this man and to have the first question out of your mouth be, take us through the scenario. All right, walk us through what happened on that final play. This is Aaron Andrews. And that brother went off, <laughs> and rightfully so, and rightfully so. He just achieved his childhood dream. You know what I mean? He just achieved his childhood dream, and all of that energy, all of that that uh, that uh, bravado that comes with being a cornerback. That's the other thing that people don't understand about cornerbacks and receivers. Cornerbacks and receivers live on an island. Running backs have offensive lines. All right? Quarterbacks have, off- have the offensive line. Like, if you mess up or if you're not getting it or if you're getting your money, you got to depend on other people. And for the receiver, it's just you and that DB, and you've got to win one-on-one matchup after one-on-one matchup. So you do to start to develop a me 1st mentality. All right? Same thing for the DB. You know, you start to develop a me 1st because you're on an island. It's just you and the other dude all the time, all game in some situations. And so it definitely does become a, a me-versus-you kind of situation. And that's where you see those kind of me-first attitudes really kind of the most in the NFL. So now she asks his brother, he tells her what he thinks, what's on his mind. And it, what, what killed me out of the whole situation is he says, you better not never talk about Richard Sherman. And what questions does she ask? in the most confused voice ever. <laughs> Who's talking about you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, I didn't say
0: anything, Rich. I didn't say nothing, bro. I didn't say anything. So, you know, and, and he goes on, and she just ends the interview. She's just like, back to you, Joe. I don't know. He walked off.
1: <laughs>
0: but afterwards, man, the, uh, the vitriol that people came at this dude with was, it, it was telling, if nothing less. Um, what were your impressions of, of the reaction of the etherverse, the Internet, the Twitters, the Facebooks? What was your reaction, PhD, to the reaction to Richard Sherman?
3: Well, it was disappointing because <laughs> so many racial slurs, um, just this very ignorant statement, you know, calling this guy a thug, calling him... All these different things, and I mean, here's a guy that went to Stanford. You know, um, here's a guy who who was building his own brand, his own brand, and being very strategic about it. Um, and people are calling him all these different things. Now, if he wasn't on my team, yeah, I'd, I'd be like, man, shut up. You know, I mean, nobody wants to hear that. Show a little bit of class. You know, you're excited about going to the Super Bowl, and and Crabtree and Kaepernick, like, they're walking off the field because they're disappointed. Their whole season's worth of dreams just went down the toilet. And so show a little bit of class. But that's Richard Sherman. This is what he's been doing throughout his career, especially the last couple years. He did this to Tom Brady, and it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. What irks me is when people bring in – this whole race and class piece to it, you know. We saw a little bit about it with the kid who won the Heisman Trophy um, from Florida State in the comment that AJ McCarron's mom, the quarterback of Alabama, said, you know, when he when she heard his interview, you know, is this is this English that Jameis Winston is speaking? Come on, man. Come on. This is 2014. Yeah. But we Alabama want, going to uh,
0: Alabama, though, right? Alabama's going to be
3: Alabama. <laughs> they are. They are. But the same time, you know, it is 2014, so as soon as it's put out there, there's an apology put out as well in terms of McCarran's see, mind. see, al- in
0: Alabama, in Alabama, field is
3: 1957.
1: <laughs> Still. <laughs> so it's, oh, man. It's,
3: it's real disappointing. It's real disappointing. Yeah. These guys are entertainers. They are football players, okay? Please don't sit here and judge them based on what they're doing on the football field. There are a lot of things you can do on the football field that would be illegal otherwise. (laughs) So to me it just rubbed me the wrong way. Now, it rubbed me the wrong way what he did as well, because the first thing I said was, man, show a little bit of class. Please just run off the field, celebrate with your teammates. But he did what he did. But to me, that doesn't speak to what type of person he is. I, I and I can agree
0: with you on that. I I think I share some similar thoughts about the situation as you. Um, you know, I think you can't you can't put this dude in a box. Again, you know, the the, the mainstream media and their conception of African American athletes. You know, there's certain boxes that you just, they just try and force you in whether you fit or not and, you know, he got forced into the thug box. Um, again, as I said before, you know, yeah, I wish he would have shown more class, but in the end, given the context of the situation and what just happened, I mean, this isn't even like 15 minutes after the game and he's holding on to this. This is right after he makes a play. He goes over to shake the dude's hand and the dude muffs him, and then he makes a choke sign. So he's already on 10. You know, he's already his, – his, his meter is already high, right? He's already in the red and then you stick a microphone in his face, you know, you got what you got, you know. You got what you got, you know. So
2: I'm, I'm I'm not mad at the situation at all. Justin, what were your thoughts? I'll be honest. I loved the moxie. I loved the interview. I loved his play on the field. I loved his attitude towards Aaron Andrews and to Michael Crabtree. I loved everything about it. I love that fact that he got on first take today and defended himself against the one and only Skip Bayless. Hopefully you guys saw the clip because it's hilarious. He came and skipped like, like he was Skip. And I, I think that these <laughs> leagues, I think that these leagues, the NFL, NBA, include, they try to take the emotion out of the sport. The way they're changing the rules in football, the way they they want you to do interviews like Brady, like Manning, like the hat to the front guys. But I'll tell you what, deep down inside, the NFL loves the controversy that Sherman caused with his statements or his actions while making those statements because people are talking about it. We're talking about it. ESPN's talking about it. CBS Sports is talking about it. And it takes away from the game, but at least we're talking about it. And that's what the NFL cares about is people talking about it and people paying for the product. So I think what Sherman did was great for the game. I liked it. I'll go a step further and say I loved it, and I hope he talks the same trash to Peyton Manning that he did to Brady when he beat him last.
0: Yeah, I will say I do enjoy it, okay? I want to make sure everybody is clear on that. I love trash talk. Um, I love guys who are just honestly themselves. Um, And if you're trash talking because that's just who you are, I love Gary Payton as a kid, man. So, you know, I I was a GP fan, fan of the glove, and you you can't be a GP fan and not understand and appreciate the art of trash talk. Um, What always kills me when you have these conversations out of old school cats who want to be like, guys nowadays don't have no respect for the game or this, that, and the other, and it's like, but wait a minute. Y'all are the same people that used to bow dudes and knock dudes out the air and do all kinds of stuff that honestly is a little foul. You know what I mean? Y'all are the ones that wouldn't shake hands after games and y'all get mad because the players are too buddy-buddy and too respectful and too friendly with each other. But then y'all, y'all want to say, well, we respected, you know, we respected the game and we respected each other and this, that, and the other, and we had sportsmanship. No, you didn't, all right? Old school cat, stop saying you had sportsmanship. You hated your opponent. You hated them. all right? You wanted to kill them because that's what you're telling me too. You can't have it both ways. <laughs> you can't hate your opponent, want to kill him, you know, Bill Russell used to tell stories about how he wouldn't, he, he didn't like other guys that he went against and that these guys today are too friendly, this, that, and the other. Okay, that's cool. But then don't come out the other side of your mouth talking about how you guys show sportsmanship, this, that, and the other. I know old school cats. I know old school cats that play D1 sports and they'll keep it real with you. They didn't even want to shake the other hands, the other team's hand at the end of the game. And oftentimes didn't because they didn't have to back then because it wasn't the rules of around sportsmanship that there are now when you talk about the real old school. So old school cat, wherever you at, if you're listening, come on now. Come on, bro. You can't have it both ways, all right? Now, cats nowadays, like the top trash, it comes with the turf, it comes with the territory, it's more entertaining, it's more fun, and it actually is more competitive because it makes you be a little bit more mentally tough, all right? You can't go out there soft-minded. That's all I'm saying. All right, so I appreciate Richard Sherman and the Richard Shermans of the world because... Not only is he he a good trash talker, he's smart. He's smart with it. He's not, you know, he's not just saying whatever or or saying random things, talking inappropriately about people's families and that that kind of stuff. You know, he's just trying to show you up, and I like that. You know, you don't want to be showing up, play better. You know, simple as that. So now we're going to get into our game of of who you got, all right? I got a couple of matchups coming up in this Super Bowl um, that I want to run by the fellas and you give me who you got, all right? So I'm going to start with uh, – I'm going to give you the first matchup. I'm going to start with Justin, and then I'll go PhD, and then I'll flip-flop on the next matchup. PhD will go first. First matchup we got, Super Bowl. Peyton Manning versus the Legion of Boom. Justin Page, who you got? I got to go
2: Legion of Boom. They show oh, me too much. They've showed me too much all season long. I, I watched the, how physical those, those D backs are, and and I'll tell you what I've noticed the past couple games they do something every mid first quarter. They set the tone and they set it real well. First guy that goes across the middle, that number thirty one or Mister Sherman is right there to 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 put hands on whoever do whoever goes across the middle, and they make sure nobody's going across that middle with confidence against them. And the way that they stop those dinkin' dunks that Peyton loves to throw, I just think that defense is too much. They've been too much for great teams all season long. I don't see why it stops here. You know, Peyton had a tremendous season. I don't see him capping this one off, not against that defense. Cannot win with him next week.
1: Okay.
0: All right. Uh, I I, I do agree with you on the point that uh, that secondary – is is one of the next areas I've seen in a long time. And you know, maybe we're gonna have to look at that and maybe somebody will, somebody'll will probably do a little story on that over the course of this week, but really looking at great units um in the history of football that are just are iconic. And right now the Legion of Boom is putting in work. Um, the hit Cam Chancellor put on uh Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis is yeah. a big guy. Cam, man Man Cam knocked that boy back to Maryland. <laughs> He thought he was in college again. <laughs> um, it, it's nasty. They get nasty with it. P-A-Z, who you got, Peyton Manning or the Legion of Boom?
3: I have Peyton Manning. I have Peyton Manning because Denver has shown with time, you know, given time to prepare, they can protect Manning. And I don't think there's a defense in the history of the NFL that can contain Peyton Caden Manning, when he has time to throw. Bill Belichick, when he had Manning's numbers, a number he was able to get to him uh, in regards to not giving him a whole lot of time to throw. And earlier this season, the Broncos established that, you know, that first game against uh, the Chiefs, Manning didn't get dirty. And, you know, Seattle has a great defense. Their defensive line is above average. But if you want to pick and choose a weak spot of that defense, (laughs) their weak spot is better than two-thirds of the NFL in comparison, but it's their pass rush. Their pass rush is very, I won't say average because it is good, but it's not outstanding like the rest of that team.
0: Okay. All right. So that leads me to my next matchup. Which is the Denver Broncos offensive line versus Michael Bennett, Cliff Avril, Bruce Irvin, Red Bryant, Brandon Mebane, the front four rotation of the Seattle Seahawks? Paz, you weigh in first. Who you got?
3: I take Seattle. What? what? <laughs>
1: huh? I think Seattle. How you, gonna front Seattle? Four. you just said that they were
2: gonna protect Peyton. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I
3: was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> like I said, I think their front four is uh is is better uh than uh most of the NFL but it's not elite. But given the two choices, I'll take their front four. Okay. All right. Okay. So if you're I'm going roll with it. I got to
2: digress. If you're taking the front four, how is Denver going to give Peyton time? That's why you chose Peyton, because they were going to give him time to throw the ball.
3: Uh, Marcus, what was the question again?
2: <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who you got,
0: the Broncos offensive line or Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, uh Bruce Urban, Brandon Me and uh Red Bryant. The Seattle front four uh, rotation.
3: It's live radio. Thought you were asking uh that against the uh Denver defensive line and that's why we're with Seattle, but given that I heard the uh question the second time around, I will go with Denver's offensive line.
1: Sorry, okay man I'm just
3: I'm just being honest. <laughs> hey, appreciate it. Appreciate it because I was confused.
1: <laughs>
0: I was like, "Hey," so I'm glad you cleared that up because I didn't know if you. I was, I was like, "What? This dude is is specializing in double talk right now." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
1: being honest. Sorry.
3: No, I appreciate I that. I apologize for that. calling
2: it out. I apologize for calling it out, PT. Hey, that's what we do
0: around here, man. Come on, yeah, it apologize. is that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we do, man. We gotta keep it real. We gotta keep it real. Our <laughs> listeners count on us for that. I right? they count on us for that. But uh, let's keep it rolling. Um, so that's that's the so Justin, who you got? Denver's offensive line versus the front rotation defense front four rotation th-
2: of the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to give PhD a little credit. I do think that they're going to get Manning the time. However, I chose that secondary and that Seattle defense, given that. You have a good paid time, and I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is those receivers and their confidence level as the game goes on and those hits keep piling up. Because as soon as they touch the ball, that's one thing Seattle's good at. They don't allow yards after the catch. If you catch that ball against them, they make you pay for it. So my real concern is with – Julian Thomas, who was his first real big game, you know. Wes Welker, he little woozy out there, you know. Uh, uh, Demarius Thomas, can he show up in the big game? That's those are the things, the unknowns that I don't, I don't have with those, with that receiving core going against that defense. So I got to yeah.
1: I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: So with that with that in mind, I'll take the offensive line because they're gonna protect Payton. If nothing nothing else, they're gonna protect him. I just don't think the receivers are gonna come through, which is why Seattle's secondary is gonna win, but Denver's O line is gonna hold up better.
0: Okay, and and I, I I agree with you on the piece that you're talking about with the receivers. Um, you know, Peyton, he's been around the block two three times. All right. This is old hat for him. But for the rest of those guys, uh, this, is a, this, is, this is a different deal. Um, and in particular, Wes Welker hasn't shown up in the big game in a minute. You know, he had some key, key drops in, um, in, in New England, the last run that they made um, when they were going up against the Ravens. I mean, he dropped a potential uh, first down catch, that, if you can remember, um, that would have a routine catch for him. That would have um, helped extend their drive and give them a chance to win that game, and would have put them in last year's Super Bowl. Um, and that, that's one of many of the last couple of years that he's been a little bit suspect on. Um, and you know he might get rocked, um, especially after Belichick called him out for the uh, a key to leave hit. Um,
1: you know <laughs> the receiver, the, the, the
0: lob may be looking for him. They may have they may have a bounty out on, on that cat. <laughs> so he might want to watch out. You might want to watch out. So the other matchup I got here is John Fox versus Pete Carroll. And, Justin, you get to kick this one off. Who you got?
2: Well, you know, I was a West Coast guy for about three years out of the past decade. Spent a lot of time watching some USC football. Huge Reggie Bush fan, huge, you know, hate to say it, like Matt Liner coming out. Matt Barkley, too. One thing all those guys got in common are Pete Carroll products, and Pete Carroll is such a lovable, exciting guy. Take X's and O's out of it, I'm going with Pete. He lets his guys be his guys. He doesn't judge them for the way they look or the way that they sound. He gives them confidence. He makes the game fun. He gives them a nice big paycheck, and he gets performance out of his boys. So I'm going with Pete Carroll.
0: Man, he made Pete Carroll sound like a self-help coach.
1: <laughs> like a life coach instead of a football
0: coach. <laughs> like he gives them confidence. He makes them feel good about themselves. <laughs> I feel you, though. I feel you, though. I'm a Pete fan as well. P H D. who you got, Pete Carroll or John Fox in the coaching matchup?
3: Well, first, I have to agree with you, Justin. I thought Matt Liner was a sure thing coming out of college. (laughs) I did. I thought he was a sure thing. I really did. Uh, To me, this coach thing is somewhat of a push, but I know we don't do pushes on RSG. So I'm going to go with John Fox. John Fox has been to the Super Bowl before, and I don't believe Pete Carroll's coach in the Super Bowl – is that correct? I know he coached with the Patriots before, but I think Parcells brought them to the Super Bowl. And then yeah, Belichick. I
0: think, yeah, I don't think Pete's ever been as a, coach, as a head coach in Super Bowl. I don't know if he's been there as a coordinator, but as a head coach he's never been to a Super Bowl.
3: Well, I'm going to take John Fox. For those trying to figure out when the heck John Fox took somebody to the Super Bowl, it was when uh, he lost against the Patriots as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers last decade. Um, Again, a weak reason But I think it's so close Um, I don't think the coaches are going to make a huge difference I do agree with, uh, with Justin in that There's something about Pete Carroll keeping his guys loose I like that I do like that Other coaches seem to have this effect to make their players tense up So I think it's really even But if pressed, I'll go John Fox
0: Okay, all right um, in this particular situation, I'm going P.D. Carroll as well. Um, it's just loose. And, you know, one thing that I think you need to be in your first Super Bowl is you need to come in loose. You can't be tight. You can't have the moment be too big when you have a bunch of guys who haven't been there before. Um, and you can't get – you, you want to have a loose group and you want to be who you always are. And I think they're going to have – the best opportunity to be who they always are, where I think the Denver crew is a little bit more methodical um, and a little bit more regimented, and, you know, Peyton is a creature of habit, and I think that, you know, Fox is a, is a for better or for worse, when Peyton manages is a quarterback, you don't get no credit, um, and part of it is because I think you, you are a slave to Peyton's video sequences and his habits, and you kind of got to work around him and work with him, um, rather than against him or uh, him working for you. Uh, so I think, you know, I think it's going to feel more natural and more regular to the Seahawks because of the inv- kind of environment Carroll has created up there. I think the whole media piece that 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 thing is not is not going to throw them off their game because he's a little bit. Uh, at least it's perception, the perception. Again, I don't know the ins and outs of the Seahawks organization or what they do up there, but the perception is it's a little bit of a looser outfit up there. Um, they still get their work done, but there seems to be just a, a lighter mentality, a, a lighter feel to what they're doing um, than, than what we know of, of, in particular, Peyton Manning and how he goes about his work and, and getting his work done. So the last matchup, well, I got two matchups left, all right? I got two matchups. Mainstream media versus
3: New York City weather.
0: Who you got? PhD.
3: I was listening very intently to that question.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, um, Tough one. Well-crafted question, Game Changer. I'm going to go with the weather. I'm going to go with the weather... Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm really hoping that the weather affects the game Because I think it's an odd time to pick Like to make a decision that the weather will influence the game You know, in Super Bowl 40, whatever it is You know
0: <laughs> Yeah, 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 I agree
3: <laughs> You know, after 30, 35 years, you know I, Again, the first five or ten Super Bowls, there were a few cold weather uh, sites sprinkled in, but the last 30 to 40 Super Bowls, they've made a constant effort to, you know, have the game in warm weather climates around this time of the year or have it indoors. And I just think it's a real odd time to choose that. So I'll say the weather selfishly because I want the weather to influence the game.
1: Okay. All right. Uh
0: Justin, what's your take? Weather or the media, who wins?
2: You know me, I got to go against PHD. I got to go media. <laughs> media always wins. Even if the weather's bad, they're going to have a contingency plan. There has got to be a way to make it work for the media, work for the fan experience. It will be a disaster for the NFL if it snows and people can't get to and from the northeast. It, it would be a disaster. They gotta have plans in place. You gotta go. You gotta go mainstream media here. Okay.
0: Okay. For me, I'm going weather. Um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it just goes nuts. All right. Because <laughs> everybody, see, everybody's been complaining about oh, this is New York. The weather's gonna. Be. I hope the weather is bad. Because you know what? You're still gonna cover the Super Bowl, man. It's the Super Bowl. It ain't gonna affect the coverage. It ain't gonna affect the attendance. This is the NFL. All right. This is the League of Leagues, all right? Ain't nothing going ain't to ain't nothing rain on the parade of the Super Bowl. This is the biggest event of the year, sports-wise, all right? Ain't it. Ain't, ain't. The weather, a little snow, a little cold, ain't changing that. It ain't changing that. It's still going to be what it is. So I just hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. I hope the weather just dumps snow
1: <laughs> on New Jersey.
0: <laughs> just so people can be quiet about it, all right? Because you're still going to cover it. You're still going to talk about it. You're going to talk about it until your ears pop, all right? So that's how I feel about it. I'm going with it. Last one, all right? Last one. Bud Light slash Budweiser versus Pepsi Cola.
2: Best commercial, who you got, Justin? Oof. Well, it's going to be tough for Pepsi to follow up what they did last year with the Beyonce commercial, so by default I got to go Bud. All
0: right. All right. PhD, who you got?
3: I'm going to go Bud Light, you know, in honor of the old school Spud's McKenzie
1: commercials.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah We gotta go We gotta go Our old school though You know, we got the uh, the, the Budweiser Frogs Remember them cats? <laughs> the what's up cats? Remember them? <laughs> what's up? Yeah, those guys <laughs> Yeah I forgot Those guys about that. Yeah, we're getting old We we got a little <laughs> We're yeah. getting up there, fellas Alright, we can go back a little bit You know what I mean? We can go back We got our own old school now <laughs>
3: Doritos right, has so been would, very impressive. Doritos has been very impressive
0: the last few years. Yeah, Doritos got some good stock going right now. This stock is going up as far as the Super Bowl commercials go. Um, they, they've been they've been uh, they've been kind of a, a sleeper, kind of like a uh, kind of kind of dropping those sleeper albums like the Scarface, you know, Scarface the rapper, you know, dropping consecutive classics, but not really nobody really picking up on it because you know It's he's a little different. You know, but uh, Doritos is like the Brad. star face of, uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: You know, real name Brad.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So I want to shift gears because we got Justin here, and we got to make sure we get into some NBA talk. Justin yep. is our resident NBA expert, so we got to go transition and do some NBA talk. But before we do that, I want to hit you all off with a little commercial break. We're going to pay some bills, and then we're going to jump right in. So let's do it. Resistance Digital Solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to upsell you technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So, what did the real sports guys do? We contacted Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads to PCs to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales at resistancedigital.com for your custom technology solutions today. Yes, sir. Make sure you check them out. If you listen to The Real Sports Guys, RealSportsGuys.com. RSG, Renegade Radio brought you to Bio Resistance Digital. Now we're going to talk the NBA. We're talking the NBA, fellas. All right, we got Justin in the house. We're going to get into this. The first thing I want to talk about is the Western Conference. The Western Conference in the NBA is, is, and we predicted it would be, um, hotly contested. I mean, you have many of the best records. I mean, you've got to be almost a 600 win percentage just to get in the playoffs in the West. Whereas in the east, if, you're at 450, at 450 if you at four fifty, at four fifty for one percentage, you in, you in, you in comfortably. <laughs> I mean, this ain't like I just snuck by the bouncer into the club. This is like, yo man, they invited me in. The air.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm
0: saying? You partying like you supposed to be there. Out west, it's pretty deep. Um, you're looking at right now. Five teams with a, a 65, a 650 win percentage or higher, which is just ridiculous. You have Houston at number five, Lake the Los Angeles Clippers at number four, the the surprising Portland Trailblazers at 31, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm sorry, at the at number three they have 31 wins. Portland, and then you have Oklahoma City at number two, and then, gosh. The San Antonio Spurs are the first seed again. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Are you for real? I mean, like, come on, man. The San Antonio Spurs are still the number one seed? For real. So, you know, the Western Conference, and then you have sleepers like Golden State. Memphis is charging hard to get back into the playoff picture. Denver is always lurking as a pretty solid team. Um, And then you have young upstart, the Phoenix Suns who came out of nowhere this season and are in the mix as well. So you have lots of good teams. Let's really dig in and break this conference down for a minute. Justin, I want you to talk about the the Western Conference and, and what is your perspective on how things might play out in the West?
2: Well, I'll tell you, it, it, it's it's a lot like the East to be to be honest with you. At the top, it, it, the the West is top heavy with the first two spots, just like Indiana and Miami in the East. I I, I think in our pre pre uh, NBA season show, we discussed it a little bit, and I said it's going to be between San Antonio and Oklahoma City. You take your pick. It, it somewhat depends on Westbrook's health. I think. Ultimately, if he's healthy after the All-Star break moving forward, I like Oklahoma City to to take over San Antonio. Pop will sit his guys in some key games where they'll, where they'll take a, a, a few games off. And uh, I think Oklahoma City ultimately gets the one spot. You got San Antonio clear number two. But the three through six is where it gets real dicey, you know, uh, real dicey. I mean – each team is within, you know, four or five games of one another, and you got some real, some real, real ball clubs there. Portland, you know, Lamar, LaMarcus Aldridge is healthy. Damian uh, Lillard's not hitting that that second year wall. He's he's looking like a bona fide top ten point guard right now. You know, can they sustain? That's the big question. They just got beat by Oklahoma City tonight. They they lost. They they seem to lose the, all the games that you want to see if they're for real. So I, I don't know. I see Portland staying at three, but I could see Golden State moving up to three, even Houston at three with your boy James Harden. Uh, <laughs> you know, not sure I would like the Clippers going up any higher, but you know, I, I I could see that three through six shaking out in a variety of ways. Personally, I like Golden State to go that, that three spot. I like Portland at the four, Clippers at the five, and Houston at the six. Yeah, and I, I okay. you know, those seven and eight spot are up for grabs. I like Memphis and Minnesota to get those.
0: Okay, I want I want to get I want to get some perspective on, on some of these teams that we talked about at the top: the Oklahoma City, the San Antonio's, Portland, the Clippers, um, Justin, the Harden trade. All right. Now, as this time last year, Oklahoma City definitely lost the Harden trade. Now, they may still have lost the Harden trade, but I think with the emergence of Reggie Jackson and Jeremy Lamb and Perry Jones, guys like that who are now starting to pay dividends, um, Steven Adams has gotten some minutes and shown some promise as a youngster. None of these guys is on a superstar level of James Harden yet, um, or I don't know if they'll ever be but I haven't watched these cats close enough to really give you a a yay or nay either way on on what their trajectory is. But they're they're contributing, and they're helping this team um, really get back to a a, a spot where they could possibly contend. They're talked about as contenders again. Um, Whereas last year with losing Harden, you you thought that they were contenders because they have been there before, but you wasn't quite sure. Uh, what do you think about this crew now, and, and how do you how it has has this season, this first part of the season, changed your perspective at all on the Harden trade?
2: You know, uh, th- this was a difficult. It's difficult to, difficult to conceptualize because the deal's only what a year and a half in. You know, I, do I think that they lost in the deal because Harden is the better player? Okay, but. You know, they couldn't financially keep Serge Ibaka and James Harden, and you had to make an executive call, and you can't teach height. You can't teach a stretch power forward who can block shots and rebound. So you could lose another scorer in James Harden, who's a a star player, and you could still have pieces around with your two scorers in Westbrook and Durant that you could sustain. So I don't think they lost and I still don't think they're lost now because they're still right where they need to be in the hunt for this NBA title. If you get a healthy Westbrook back, I don't think they miss Harden as much as you guys think. Kevin Martin was a good substitute last year. Jeremy Lamb is on the uptick this year. Reggie Jackson off the bench uh, when Westbrook's healthy. You mentioned some guys that they're not on Harden's level, but they can put up buckets when they need the Thunder, too. And to be frank, they never really need him to. They got a guy named Mr. Durant. Have you heard of him? Yeah, I've heard of him. He's a bad man. (laughs) (laughs) So, So they're good with their core three. I don't think they need James Harden to take that next step, as great a player as James Harden is.
0: Okay, all right. Now, I want to switch gears and bring in PhD into this conversation, talking about the Western Conference. You're listening to the Real Sports guys. We're talking NBA. we got Justin Page on with us. And we're talking about the Western Conference and how tough it is at the top. One of those teams that has emerged as a team that's at the top of the West are the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, and they've done so on the backs of Damon, Damian Lillard and the Marcus Aldridge. Um, PhD, you sent me a text earlier this, this season, with your all-star ballot, I think, if I recall, both of these guys were in the mix um, on your all-star ballot in the West. Um, Talk about the growth of these two young players. Aldridge is in his prime. He's not necessarily a young guy, but Lillard is only in his second season. Um, Talk about the growth of these guys to to go from being just good players to now guys who are um, leading leading an elite team.
3: Well, the progression of the Portland Trailblazers has been very impressive. Yeah, I certainly was a guy that I I really wanted to put on my ballot. I ultimately went with CP3 and uh, Curry at the guard positions. Um, Aldridge was um, in my starting lineup. I actually had him in front of Kevin Love. Um, So I like those two guys. I think they have a very steady... A consistent guy in Matthews, uh, one of Madison, Wisconsin's finest. And I really like their supporting uh, their supporting cast. I like uh, Lopez; he's been giving them some really solid mem- numbers up front. <laughs> Talk about fantasy basketball! This is a guy that will get you t- ten to twelve points, six to seven rebounds a night. But he's always on the waiver wire. I I don't get it, but <laughs> anyway. Lopez is, is impressive. One guy that I'm I'm not completely sold on, this is a guy that they're going to need to step up to be a contender come playoff time. It's Nicholas Batum. I just I have a problem with his level of consistency. He just doesn't seem to show up every night. And I've had the opportunity to watch him quite a bit throughout the season. I've probably watched him 10 to 12 games and – Half those games, I get a guy who, you know, is a solid third or fourth scorer, plays decent defense, knocks down open shots. In other half of games, he just, I don't know. I mean, it's almost like he's not even in the room at times. So, for that reason, I'm not really high on them to make noise in the playoffs. I think that they're a candidate, uh, a big-time candidate, to lose in the first round. I really do. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you look at their potential matchup right now, um, I believe with them at a potential three seed, um, they Ooh, can yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially be looking at the Warriors in the yeah. first round. And, yeah. and I like the Warriors. I really do. I mean, your initial question was who do you like out the West? And I really, 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 really want to say the Warriors. Um, but you know that 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 rational thing inside my head tells me San Antonio or Oklahoma City but man Golden State I think they have the best player on the court on many nights and curry on any given night he can be the best player on the court and sometimes in the playoffs that's all you need
0: yeah and that's the guy you talk about evolution he's uh he's really turned the corner from kind of a novelty act, you know, small college dude who chucked threes and had a great shot to just a cold-blooded baller. I mean, he can he can give it to you any way you want it. I mean, he, he's like, how you want it, Jake?
1: <laughs> how, how you want it, Jake?
0: Jake? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surgical <laughs> with this here. You know what I'm saying? That's how Steph is with that jump shot, man. You know, you want the step back? You know, <laughs> you want me to catch and shoot it? You know, you, you, want me, you want me to dribble and hit you with the floor? To what you want, man? What you want? And this year,
3: <laughs> this year he can say, do you want me to dish out 15 assists? How you want
0: it? Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 he he's evolved and he's become a very very fun player to watch um, in the league. And I see that Golden State team actually probably moving up into a four, five or four, moving up into that five or four spot and challenging uh, the Clippers for that uh, Pacific Division title. You know, it's time for them to make a run while CP3 is out. You know, if I'm them, I'm going for it while 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 getting as good. You know. To uh, to to bring in the uh, too short quote, you know, get it while getting it good, you know. So I feel you. I I feel you with that analysis of Portland. Yeah, man. And, and go to, your Golden State analysis is on point. Uh, looking at the San Antonio Spurs, how, you know, how how do they continue to just run amok during the regular season? Like, and yet every year, I swear, every year we come in, and even this year I came in like, I'm not going to put them too long because they're going to make me look stupid because they always find a way to rise to the top. You know, Justin, what is it that they have going on in San Antonio that every year they put themselves in play for a title? And Duncan is like 700 years old. Ginobili is like 500
2: like, how do they continue to, to put themselves in play as a contender? I'm going to tell you exactly how. Mr. Popovich, Pop as they call him, has a secret sauce. He got the same sauce Bill Belichick has. He got the same sauce Phil Jackson used to use. It's his system. When he has a recipe for success, they ride that thing till the wheels fall off. No matter who's in this system, everybody can succeed. They could probably toss me – and you game-change in at the guards and let PHD run the power forward and will still win because it's their system. In I'm the down. League, we, I'm we, down. I'll we, run for the league minimum. <laughs> you know, I'll play for the veterans minimum, sit me on the 12th spot on the bench. I could care less. But I'm saying their system that's has that's a veteran's
3: minimum. That's a big difference.
1: <laughs> 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 so,
2: so, Pop, has that that system that consistency, and they 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 drafted the right kind of guy who they knew they could get longevity from. You know they 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 have a really smart front office, and they they can rest guys when they want to. They draft non selfish guys. They draft, they you know what they draft hat to the front guys. Okay, you look at their big three between Duncan Parker and Ginobili, who's been the core of their existence for the past decade. Those guys collectively in one year make less than Kobe Bryant's going to make next year. Three guys of that caliber are getting less. They're not even getting double-digit in the millions next year. So to have that kind of selflessness on your team, that goes a long way with the team chemistry you're going to have and that you've built over this past decade and, 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 and so on and so forth. Therefore, that's the sauce, the people and the system you surround yourself with.
0: Okay. All right. I dig it. I dig it, and I I agree. Um, They just got a good mix. They really do. Um, So I think we we all agree that San Antonio and Oklahoma City are the favorites out west. Um, And as you said, there's, you know, three through six, it's a dogfight. Do you see any other teams in the west? kind of put themselves over the – there's still a lot of basketball to be played with just in January. You know, playoffs don't start until April. So we got a good three months or so before we really know what's what out west. Are there any teams in the Western Conference that are outside of that top six? You know, go to, uh Dallas down. That's Dallas, Phoenix, Memphis, Denver, Minnesota, who uh, – who have a uh, who have an opportunity to make a run and possibly throw that throw their name into that mix of those uh that, that top 6 uh
2: you know yeah. I, I mentioned this earlier I like Memphis Memphis going to get in there uh you know I think having uh Mark Gasol injured you know for for 6 weeks out of your lineup that's your key guy I mean your team's going to decimate a little bit you know Zebo definitely got a chance to shine in his absence but that can't carry a ball club so do I expect Memphis to hover around 500 no I mean they've gotten over 50 wins the past two seasons I see no reason for them to digress that much this year so I certainly see uh uh Memphis moving up and taking that uh six or 7th spot depending on you know their tough their tough uh, road uh, road trips this year and then I could see New Orleans if they depending on Drew Holiday and Ryan Anderson, when they're coming back, how effective they can be when they're back. I could see New Orleans easily getting to the eighth spot at best, but, again, that's going to be based on health. Drew Holiday and Ryan Anderson, two starters out of the lineup, that, that, could, uh, that, could, that could just kill you, you know. And uh, last but not least, I think Minnesota has the talent to sneak in. You know, I got, they got the best-kept secret at center, Nikolai Pekovic, As Shaq said, everybody with a Vic at the end of their name is 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 a baller in the NBA, and I think Minnesota can sneak in there as well.
0: Okay, Um, you know, a few thoughts on some of those teams. Um, In particular, Memphis. You know, curse Lionel Hollins. It's the curse of Lionel Hollins. That's what we are. That's what I'm calling this season, man. It's the curse of Lionel Hollins. Uh, I just feel like they. I, I just feel like they're gonna be a misfortune is coming their way, and you're right. We can solve their different squad, um, but I think they're gonna c- continue to see injuries. Watch. Watch, gonna go down next.
2: <laughs>
1: it's
0: the curse of Lionel Hollins. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. They shouldn't have done them like
2: that. They shouldn't have done
0: them like that. They shouldn't have done him like that. They shouldn't have done him like that. New Orleans, man. Every time you on, man, because I was so adamantly wrong about this, I have to, I have to own up to it and give you. <laughs> I, I, I will concede. I'm, I'm conceding that one early. I, it's just hands down. <laughs> dude's, dude's nasty with it. Dude's a beast. I was wrong. Every time you on, I'll say that because I'm, I'm that impressed by the, by the kid. And, and from what I thought he was going to be to what he is. Wow. Wow. Dude's impressive. Um, the question I got is Minnesota, man. Um, is Kevin Love really what Kevin what, what, what we all think Kevin Love is, or is he just a numbers guy? You know, is he just a, a compiler of numbers? Um, you know, is he Chris Bosh before Bosh went to Miami? where Bosh is a good, good player, very skilled. I'm not taking anything from Bosh, but Bosh was dropped in 12, and You know, but his teams weren't really getting it. And it's the same thing in Minnesota. It's like, yeah, you're putting up mad numbers, man, but your team's really going nowhere. I mean, you guys have been stuck in That franchise has been stuck in this holding pattern. And, yes, they've drafted poorly. Um, They wasted a couple of drafts, you know, on picks like Johnny Flynn, um, you know, Wes Johnson. You know, they drafted some guys that Derrick Williams, you know, and that's really the reason they hurt themselves is guys that they've taken have not panned out, but Rubio is not working out the way they thought he was going to. Um, Pekovic is a is – he's like – dude looks like Russian mafia muscle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like he was a fly heart or something. You know, just need my friend Nikolai.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, dude just got no neck, all shoulders – I've never seen a seven footer with no neck. (laughs) You know what I mean? Dude is just like five feet of torso. You know what I'm saying? Little legs. (laughs) It's just brawling, just just slow, man. It's crazy. But that that squad, man. Can they do you? Is this it for Kevin Love in Minnesota? What do you think, PhD? Is he out? Yes. So where do you think he's going? You have it, you what put on your Negro Diamonds cap real quick. Lakers, mm, Lakers, Lakers. Let's talk about that. Let's talk since since we since we went there. Let's talk about the franchise um, franchise in L. A. <laughs> let's talk about the other franchise in L. A. The Lakers. Um, I think they took my advice. I really do. I think they took my advice and said, to heck with it. We it out.
1: <laughs> this is the
0: only way we're going to get out of, this, out of this hole. You know, we gave Kobe 25 mil, so really all we can do is afford one other dude and a good rookie, and let's go get him. Now, you know, I called it at the end of last season. The Celtics and the Lakers are going to both wind up with top five picks. You just watch. In the word of my friend Trinidad James, don't believe it, just watch. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Do you think the Lakers have a secret plan of, of really just bottoming out this year and just rolling with with uh, trying to get in the lottery and seeing what they can get, um, given that, you know, free agency is not, you know, free, New York thought they were getting LeBron and a bunch of other dudes, and that didn't work out. So these big free agent years, where you think you're gonna get a cool uh, uh, a bunch of dudes and make a make a killing in the free agency game, it, it can go either way, man. If it goes the other way, you wind up with uh, no need Stoudemire for the next five years, which is what happened with uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> with New
0: York, you know. And that situation got bad real fast.
1: So, oh, <laughs>
0: what do you guys think about the situation in LA? P A D, you start, then Justin, you go. Both of you give me one comment, and then we're going to get into uh, the resistance digital dog of the week. Roll with it, fellas.
3: I don't know what they're doing out there in L.A. I think they're hoping that they can pull out a top five pick, and judging who's out there, one of those five picks should help their team.
0: Okay. Justin, what are you thinking?
2: You know what? From the numbers, it looks like they're, they're tanking. But they're just not a good team. Without Kobe Bryant, with, with the lack of, of experience on that roster, they're just not a good team. They're not bottoming out because they're trying. They're winning. They're trying to win ball games. They're, they're using all their effort. They came back on Boston the other night, had a great comeback victory. They want to win. They're trying to – they're, they're damnedest to win. They just can't. They're not good enough. They, they're going to be in the lottery. I don't think they'll get top five, but they're going to be in the lottery, and hopefully they do something well with it.
0: Okay. All right. So, that's where we are with the Lakers. Now, I want to jump into the Resistance Digital Dog of the Week. Uh, so, let's go ahead and hit them off with that. Now, we're going to get into our Resistance Digital Dog of the Week. Resistance Digital Solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to upstate technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So, what did the Real Sports Guys do? We contact the Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads to PCs to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales at for your custom technology solutions today. All right, fellas. 2014, first one of the season, first one of the year,
2: PhD. We need more dogs.
3: My dog of the week is the Game Changer. The Game Changer found a way to bring in a too-short reference. Into the
1: show, <laughs> well done. I'll take it. I'll take it.
0: <laughs> Appreciate it. I accept this award on 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 behalf of my family. You know, my kids let me listen to too short in the car. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> you gotta throw in some short dog when you can. You know,
2: show how diverse we are. Justin, you know how it goes. We need more dogs. Y- you brought it up. You you brought it up, so i got to go Lakers here. Dog of the week, Mr. Kendall Marshall. This time, last month, the guy was sitting in the D League. Now he's leading the league in assists and averages a double-double in the last ten starts. Got to love what he's doing. One of the only bright spots in L.A. right about now with Kobe's uh, the demise of his leg in its entirety. But uh, my dog of the week, i got to go Kendall Marshall, Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah,
0: and, and, and he's making me look smart now because from that draft I had four guys who I thought would be solid pros, and I said that, you know, these are the guys you need to watch. I had Bledsoe, I had John Wall, and then I had Greg Monroe and Kendall Marshall. And Marshall was killing me because <laughs> he, he was not cutting the mustard at all. And, you know, this fit in L.A. has really, really got him uh, got his career back on track and, you know, D'Antoni system is, is point guard PEDs, right? <laughs> if, you, if you want a performance enhancer for your point guard, you're talking to D'Antoni system. You know, that's the way it works. So my dog of the week, of course, Richard Sherman. I had to go with Sherman. Um, my man brought it. Uh, he brought the pain. He brought the thunder. Called out an opponent. Love it. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate the bravado. I appreciate the arrogance. I appreciate uh, the willingness to to stand up and and be authentic in the moment. And that's what I saw with that situation. Um, So this does it for another edition of The Real Sports Guys. Shout out and thanks to my man Justin Page for coming in and holding us down like he always does. P.A.C., glad to have you back, bruh. D. Wills, I'll catch you next week. Listeners out there, appreciate you listening to us. Thank you for the support. We'll catch you next week, same time, same place. The Renegades, we out.
2: guys and you can always follow us on Twitter at Real Sports Guys and always friend us at Real Sports Guys Radio on Facebook and always you can always catch us at RealSportsGuys.com. Thank you for supporting us. All right.